0: This is Scripture on Creation with Dr. Ben Scripture. With a Master of Divinity, a Ph.D. in Biochemistry, and over 30 years of experience studying and teaching about creation, he is well-equipped to discuss biblical and scientific perspectives on creation, science, and intelligent design. This and past programs are also available as a free podcast so you can listen anytime. And now, here's Scripture on Creation. Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Cump, And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, in our program today, we are going to consider some more information in the book of Job that relates to the theme of creation in that book but that information is conveyed more by what is not said than by what is said. That's right, Scott. We're going to read something that Job's friend
1: Bildad says. Yeah, we he, skipped him earlier. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> did when we were talking about the Almighty. <laughs> Don't want to leave him out. Uh, something that Bildad says as he's trying to convince Job to repent in order to regain the Almighty's favor. Hmm. And even though Bildad does not directly say That past generations of man lived longer lives than the present generation, the understanding of that fact seems to be assumed in a comparison he makes
0: between Job's knowledge and the knowledge of their ancestors. And how would that idea or understanding that Bildad and Job had relate to creation? Well, Scott, do you remember how old Job was when he died? Ah, yes. I
1: No, I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're given a clue at the end of the book. So
0: does that help at all, chapter 42? Uh, As I recall, wasn't it more than 140 years? Yes.
1: In fact, quite a
0: bit more. Let's read
1: Job chapter 42, the last two verses, actually, of the entire book. It says, And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and
0: his grandsons four generations. And Job died, an old man and full of days. Oh, so the 140 years was after the events that we were covering in the main part of the book. And so we should recognize that given Job's status in life, he had to have been
1: pretty old even at that time. And so surely Job lived well over 200 years,
0: maybe 250, we don't know for sure, but he lived a long time. Let's not forget that his children who died at the beginning of the book, they were adults or they appeared to have been adults. And he had 10 of them. (laughs) (laughs) So keeping that fact in mind, if we go to the passage...
1: I want to consider today, we're going to see that the lifespan of Job is going to tie in then to something that relates to creation. That is Hmm. the idea of what the biblical account says about how God created man and, and frankly, how long they lived. And then we'll consider just how long those people that lived even before Job lived. So, Bildad is
0: speaking, and as I already mentioned, he's trying to convince Job to repent. Because in Bildad's thinking, Job obviously must have done something terrible for God to be punishing him the way he was doing. Exactly. So, we'll start reading in
1: Job chapter 8, verse 1. Then Bildad the Shuhite answered, How long will you say these things, and the words of your mouth be a mighty wind? (laughs) Does God pervert justice or does the Almighty pervert what is right? If your son sinned against him, then he delivered them into the power of their transgression. If you would seek God and implore the compassion of the Almighty, if you are pure and upright, surely now he would rouse himself for you and restore your righteous estate. So again, here we see Bildad essentially prompting Job to simply repent. I mean, he thinks that his sons must have done something wrong, and so God actually took their lives. Job must have done something wrong, so he's being punished. And he's
0: saying, seek God, and maybe you'll he'll be compassionate to you again. You know, Job's three friends are the original prosperity theologians. <laughs> yeah, and of course, that kind of thinking is prevalent
1: today, and it was prevalent in the Jewish way of thinking, and surely it came from
0: good stock, I guess you might say. <laughs> (laughs) 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 Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. And Dr. Scripture, we see Bildad referring to God as Shaddai a couple of times here. Now, as you pointed out in our study of Job, that's the name of God which emphasizes his power and authority to, on the one hand, to create all things, and on the other hand, therefore, to judge those things. Man in particular,
1: which Bildad believes God is doing to Job. So then we come to the statement of Bildad, which I propose has the interesting unstated assumption that relates to biblical creation. I'm going to read now Job 8, 8 through 10. Bildad is continuing here. Please inquire of past generations and consider the things searched out by their fathers. For we are only of yesterday and know nothing, because our days on earth are as a shadow Will they not teach you and tell you and bring forth words from their minds? So now note what Bildad is doing. He's telling Job to learn from his fathers, to learn from those that came before him. Obviously, he's thinking that they are wise. Job isn't. Job ought to take a lesson from the past and and make things better for himself. And so one way to interpret what Bildad is saying is to simply say that they have amassed this great amount of wisdom from the past. And, you know, we don't know that much now. What we know is built upon what they know. And, you know, they know a lot. Job, you should learn from them. But I think that another way to interpret what Bildad is saying, especially, comes from verse 9. Because he says specifically, our days on earth are as a shadow. Now, that in my mind would indicate that our lifespans don't have the substance of their lifespans. How long we live isn't anything compared to how long they lived. What would he be referring to? He would be referring to the ancient lifespans, the super long lifespans of people before them, even compared to the lifespans of Job and the people that live in that day. So this is why I'm saying that it's not stated, you know, Bildad doesn't Mm -hmm. come right out and say those ancients lived hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years where we're only living a couple of hundred years. But in my mind, I can see how Bildad and, of course, Job have that assumption. They already know from their knowledge of history that people lived a lot longer. And so Bildad is saying, you know, they learned so much
0: more than we did, and you should learn from them, Job. And Dr. Scripture, this contrasts with the idea that people have today that, okay, those ancients knew nothing or, or next to nothing. We know more now. Yeah, modern man thinks yeah, that there's no way they could have built the pyramids or the Aztec structures with the technology they had. So that must have been built by aliens. Or <laughs> yeah, that's you right. know Moses could not possibly have written the Pentateuch because there was no writing or they assumed there was no writing yeah. in those days. You know, things like that. Right. And so
1: this is Totally contrary to modern man's thinking that he's at the top of the knowledge (laughs) pyramid. Now, obviously, our technology is something that we've never seen on earth before, but wisdom and even knowledge on the earth and things like this are, from the biblical perspective, something that the ancients had. And in fact, we've forgotten things that they used to know. And so if we think about the kind of knowledge that the ancients could have amassed, you know, Bill Dab refers to it a little bit. He says, and consider the things searched out by their fathers. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine how much you can learn if you live to be 500 or 600 years old. <laughs> we tend to forget things through our lifetime. But if we've got a lifespan like that and their minds are sharp through most of it, I don't think we should understand that they had an 800-year-long old age, you know. <laughs> uh, just think of the things that they did learn. So what is the implication of the idea that previous generations to Job lived much longer? Well, the implication is those people lived extremely long Hmm. lives, and that is what we find recorded in Genesis. These lifespans are recorded mainly in Genesis chapters 5 and 11. But let me just read a summary of the lifespans of those people who predated Job. First of all, we know that the people that lived before the flood all lived on an average of over 900 years long. 930 for Adam, Seth, 912, Enosh, 905, Kenan, 910, Mahalalel, 895, Jared, 962, Methuselah, the oldest, you know how long he lived, right, Scott? It was close to a thousand, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, these are all close to a
1: thousand. Nine hundred and sixty-nine. Sorry, didn't. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Noah, nine hundred and fifty. But then, even after the flood, Shem lived six hundred. Arpachshad, four hundred and thirty-eight. Shela, four hundred and thirty-three. Eber, four hundred and sixty-four. Peleg, two hundred and thirty-nine. Rue, two hundred and thirty-nine. Sarug, two hundred and thirty. Then we get. What I would suggest is probably after, or at least during the time of Job, Nahor 158, Abraham 175. So we see all these ancient lifespans and those that would have predated Job living even longer, much longer than 200 years. And given that, I think what we've read in Job is a confirmation of those long lifespans by what appears to be
0: Bildad's assumption that that knowledge is common information in his day. And Dr. Scripture, what is really ironic is in Job's day, even though they were living what we would consider to be incredibly long lives, sure. in their minds, their lives are so short compared to what their, the length of their ancestors' lifespans. Well, yeah, amazing, isn't it? And I think it's important to make the point. That although we should
1: identify what we are talking about here as literary evidence, not scientific evidence per se, it is very significant evidence that supports biblical creation. And that is because when we would consider a creation model for natural history, we might say, or the anthropology of man— What we would take as a given is God created man perfect, and that includes genetically perfect, and that explains those incredibly long lifespans of man. But what happens over time is mutations begin to accumulate, and thus the vitality of the human genome decreases. Man doesn't have the longevity. He doesn't fight diseases as well, and his lifespan simply decreases, all due to the loss of information that God originally created in man. Now, it's interesting that in a previous program, we discussed a genetic mutation that was positive in the sense that that Lerone syndrome Mm. that is expressed as dwarfism also gave them a resistance to cancer and perhaps even diabetes. And yet, the point that we were making in that program was it was a loss of genetic information because they didn't have a receptor that recognized human growth hormone. And even though it seems to be somewhat beneficial, it's a loss of information. Well, generally, the loss of information over time as it accumulates and accumulates is very detrimental. You know, there's some interesting research being done by Dr. John Sanford. We've referred to his work before, but this man is a geneticist, and he's done some fascinating computer modeling work that shows that even though most of the mutations are invisible to natural selection—in other words, it doesn't produce better or worse Mm. phenotypes is the word— Overall, that information in decreasing and decreasing over time is corrupting the human genome and vitality of the human genome is decreasing. He calls it genetic entropy. For anyone interested, his work is published in a book entitled Genetic Entropy and the Mystery of the Genome. And then there's a video, which is a little easier to understand for most people. The video is The Mystery of Our Declining Genes. I highly recommend it. Again, it's by Dr. John Sanford, previously a professor at Cornell University. And so this concept of the genome of humanity decreasing in its vitality and information is crucial to the creation model. And what we see in the Bible as literary evidence is an accounting of that decrease in the lifespan of man. But it wasn't always that way. In fact, when God created us, he created us perfect. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, it tells us this. And God saw all that He had made, and behold, it was very
0: good. And that's not what I say, that's what Scripture says. And before it's too late, don't forget to ask for the 2024 God's Creation Wall Calendar. This beautiful full size appointment calendar is free for the first 100 people who request it. And remember for us to send it, we must have your mailing address. We would also like to know the station you listen to and would appreciate any comments you have about the program. To request your calendar, email scripture at scriptureoncreation.org or text 574-551-1524. You can also call us leaving a voicemail if your call is not answered. And remember, these God's creation calendars make beautiful
1: gifts for those special people in your life. Additional calendars are available for $10 each plus postage.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the program. If you would like to hear this or past episodes of the program, you can listen to them on our free podcast, Scripture on Creation. If you have comments or questions you'd like Dr. Scripture to answer, contact him by calling 574-551-1524 or by sending an email to scripture at scriptureoncreation.org.